0: Chapter 13 Dorothy Dale's Queer Holidays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Lucy Burgoyne. Dorothy Dale's Queer Holidays by Margaret Penrose. Chapter 13 College Boys and Glenwood Girls. "'Isn't he stunning?' gasped Tabia. "'Do you think so? I never call a pretty boy stunning,' replied Dorothy. "'I like Tom's looks best. He's so vigorous and athletic. But Roland's curly hair, and that complexion, so hyacinthy.' "'Precisely my objection,' argued Dorothy. "'I always object to hyacinthy boys.' "'Well, I'm just a little glad of it, Doro,' For the fact is, I think I might inveigle him into taking care of me at the doings. Now, I happen to know he fancies you, and my only chance is that you may turn him down. Dorothy laughed merrily. She was no prude, and made no pretense of being one. She enjoyed most of the nonsense that girls between fifteen and eighteen years of age usually enjoy. The strange young men. Tom Jennings and Roland Scott, whom the white boys had taken to the woods on the evergreen hunt, called that very morning, came to make their party call, they said. Dorothy and Tavia were busy with the Christmas wreaths when the strangers happened in. Ned and Nat had gone to town, and it devolved upon the girls to be civil to the new boys. To be sure, Joe and Roger helped some, but Roger managed to say rather embarrassing things about Bows and Roland's love, that youth having asked the little chap to take some regards to Nora. Tom laughed, but Roland almost blushed. Dorothy and Tavia could scarcely appreciate the joke, but managed to guess that the boys had been talking about them. Finally Tom came to the rescue by telling about the ghost scream. Tavia was much interested but Dorothy laughed at the idea. She had any amount of explanations to offer for the queer occurrence, but none of them was accepted as being plausible. Tom and Roland both declared they would go out again some day and look the whole thing over carefully. Then Dorothy told the visitors of the Christmas plans. At least she attempted to tell them, but was interrupted by the coming of Ned and Nat. So the girls were excused, and the boys to their own resources. It was after all this that Dorothy and Tavia gave their personal views of the two young men from college. "'They may help along our charity play,' suggested Dorothy. "'They look as if they might be able to act, especially Mr. Jennings.' "'Yes, I fancy he could act some parts, a big part with a whole lot of sitting down in it,' said Tavia. "'And Mr. Scott might be something on the Christmas tree,' returned Dorothy. "'In a pretty striped dress he would make a dear little cornucopia, "'his blonde head sticking out at the top like a sweet little doll. "'I'm just going to tell him that,' threatened Tavia. "'Then I will be more sure than ever of his attention. "'Tavia, you wouldn't do anything like that. "'Why not? You are only complimenting him.' "'Now, really, if you do, Tavia, I shall be positively angry,' and Dorothy frowned indignantly. "'When we are exchanging confidences, I don't think it fair to betray them.' "'Oh, all right, if you feel that way about it. But I really do think these two boys quite an acquisition. They will help out wonderfully.' But college boys are old enough to be engaged,' said Dorothy.' "'and perhaps we will get no more of their attention "'than was bestowed upon us today.' "'And she made a wry face to express her fears on that score. "'Engaged, all the more fun. "'I just simply love to make girls jealous. "'Now, what girl on earth would be able to hold her admirers against you?' "'Don't be silly,' snapped Dorothy. "'It's all very well to joke, but when you get personal,' Oh, I beg your pardon. And there's Aunt Winnie. I promised to line the darning bag. Tabby's love for idleness was no hidden sin. She seemed to glory in it. But occasionally it betrayed her good intentions. She really did intend to put the pretty blue lining in the dainty darning bag which Mrs. White was making as a gift for old Mrs. Brown, the family mender, now the chatter about the college boys had completely driven the task from her mind. As Mrs. White appeared in the hall, Tabby had grasped the neglected little article. Dorothy had been sewing as she talked. She loved to do certain kinds of stitches, particularly those of floss silk on fine flannel, and this morning she had almost finished the shawl for John's wife's new baby. Mrs. White had been out, and was just returning. She wore a handsome prune-coloured gown, with her mink-tail furs, and both Dorothy and Tavia looked up in undisguised admiration as she entered the room. Dorothy rose to assist her in removing her wraps. "'Well, it is finally settled,' Mrs. White began. "'I do think these charity affairs are growing more complicated every year.' I have not told you all about it yet. In fact, I could not do so until the morning's meeting was over. Now it is all arranged, so I must tell you about it. Aren't you cold, Auntie? asked Dorothy. Shall I get you a warm drink? No, my dear. We had chocolate at Mrs. Davis's. There, now, I am quite comfortable. And as Dorothy laid the wraps aside her aunt, "'settled among the blue cushions, "'which, as Nat said, grew in Dorothy's room. "'Is it to be a play?' asked Tavia, "'always impatient where acting might be concerned. "'Well, not exactly,' answered Mrs. White. "'We think scenes from Mother Goose will be simpler "'and just as entertaining. "'Mrs. Brownlie has offered her house, "'and I am to do most of the coaching.' This last was uttered with a note of dismay. To coach young people did not seem a very delightful task, so many difficulties being sure to come up unexpectedly. And we are to select the scenes, went on Mrs. White, so you may start in to think of Mother Goose just as soon as you like. For my part, all I can remember is the old woman who lived in a shoe, "'and I am going to get the boys to make me a shoe big enough to hold "'all the small children in the birch lands, "'And let me be the mother,' asked Tavia. "'I want to whip those marm children, and this would be my chance. "'They ran a pole out in the road against my wheel last fall, "'and you may remember the consequences.' "'Oh, yes,' and Mrs. White laughed heartily. "'That would be a great opportunity for you, Tavia.' "'but I rather thought of Miss Baker for the old woman. "'She has that compelling manner, don't you think?' "'She ought to be splendid,' agreed Dorothy. "'Are there to be boys?' asked Tavia. "'Why, of course, my dear, there are to be boys. "'Who ever heard of a hospital benefit without them? "'We have to raise one hundred dollars this year, "'and I feel the whole responsibility.' as I am the local member of the Board of Directors. I hope some day we will be able to have a hospital of our own. Supporting a ward in a city institution is not very satisfactory. But are there enough boys? asked Tavia. It seems to me the Birchlands are populated mostly with girls. Oh, that is quite natural for you to think that way. teased Mrs. White. "'But haven't you taken into consideration Mr. Scott and Mr. Jennings?' "'Why, they are capable of impersonating a number of characters. "'Think it all up, girls, and you will help me greatly. "'I have asked Ned to fetch a Mother Goose book from the village, "'and this evening we will devote our time to selecting the characters.' "'Somebody whistled outside, "'and going to the window the girls saw Ned with Tom Jennings.' In the firebird. Come on, called Ned. We're going for a ride and want you to come along. Don't keep us waiting. And he turned the machine without waiting for the girls to answer. Run along, advised Mrs. White. You have been in all morning, and the air is delightful. It took but a few minutes for Dorothy and Tavia to make ready storm coats and scarves, besides their muffs, seemed sufficient for their touring costumes. Dorothy climbed into the machine, and Tavia followed. "'Wouldn't one of you young ladies prefer to sit here?' inquired Tom, with a view of making it more convenient for the boys to entertain the girls. Tavia was out of the back seat and ready to take her place beside Ned before anyone had a chance to answer. This, of course, left Tom to entertain Dorothy.' "'As long as it is not Roland," whispered Tavia into Ned's ear, "'you will put up with me this time, won't you?' "'Tavia was too frivolous to suit Ned's serious ways. "'She always bored him, and she knew it evidently. "'Dorothy was glad to get acquainted with Tom. "'Somehow he made her think of soldiers, "'of fearless brave men like Major Dale, "'and perhaps her uncle Winthrop White.' who had died away off in a foreign country, fighting for science. Perhaps he was of this type when at college. Nor did it take Tom long to discover what sort of conversation would interest Dorothy. He talked of his school, and asked about Glenwood. Then she introduced the Mother Goose subject, and he told of a college play his class had given, wherein all the characters were taken by the students. "'And you should have seen Roland,' declared Tom, laughing. "'If he didn't make the prettiest yum-yum, "'the house went mad over him.' "'I'm sure he could assume such a role,' replied Dorothy. "'And you were?' "'The Mikado, of course. "'I always come for the terrible Turk proposition.' "'We have to select the scenes this evening,' remarked Dorothy prudently. "'Then I'm going to get Ned to let me come over.' "'said her companion. "'It will help fill in. "'Our folks are just choked to death in Christmas stuff. "'Aunt Emily is interested in the hospital benefit too, I believe.' "'Yes, Aunt Winnie said so,' replied Dorothy. "'I guess most of the Birchland ladies help with this benefit. "'Mrs. Brownly has offered her house.' "'The lady with the fluffy-haired daughters?' asked Tom. "'Yes, the twins,' said Dorothy.' "'Eva and Edith, Brownlie, are considered the very prettiest girls around.' "'Oh, are they?' remarked Tom, in seeming earnestness. "'Well, to tell you the truth, I have given up attempting to judge of girls' looks lately. "'It seems to me to be all a question of hair, how deep it can be piled up.' "'Dorothy laughed. "'To call hair deep, like such much grass.' But Tom did not notice the discrepancy. Tavia turned around and shouted, so Ned covered his ears. "'Are you going to be the Piper's son?' she asked Tom. "'If there's anything to be stolen, you may put me down for the steel,' replied Tom good-naturedly. "'Even the proverbial porker might be pressed into service for a camp outfit, eh, Ned?' Ned replied that there were some real attractive porkers about the birchlands, and that they would probably not mind being stolen for a hospital benefit. During all this time the firebird had been gliding along at the even pace which Ned always selected for a real pleasure ride. A joyride with no business end, he argued, should be run off gently. No fun in trying to talk above an atmospheric buzzsaw. "'I suppose Nat and Roland have bowled till they're stiff,' remarked Tom. "'For my part, I prefer the open to those alleys on a day like this. "'Mother told me to ask you both over this evening to help fix up the play business,' said Ned, "'if you have nothing else on.' "'Gladly,' replied Tom. "'I was just hinting for an invitation. "'You know how I love classics. "'Mother Goose will be just pie for me.' "'Oh, I forgot!' exclaimed Tavia suddenly. "'I have an engagement for this afternoon. "'I ought to go back, Ned. "'It must be lunch time. "'And as she spoke, Dorothy remembered that the day was Thursday, "'and that Tavia was to go on that day to see Miss Estelle Brooks, "'the little woman in black.' End of Chapter 13